Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasts. The files are located on the second floor, at the end of a long hallway. The fluorescent lights above flicker on and off. Open the door on the right. In the bottom drawer of a file cabinet, there it is, a folder labeled with three words that are poured onto stories. Stories of history, stories of people, stories of death. I'm Luke Poling, and this is Famous Last Words. It's probably a no-brainer that we'd end up here, and, well, here we are. When you think of death, be it a gruesome, macabre death, or romantic, tragic death, you will eventually think of Edgar Allan Poe. And that only makes sense. For Poe, his life and his art were incredibly intertwined, most often for the worse rather than the better. Poe was born in Boston, Massachusetts on January 19, 1809. His parents were both actors. His father abandoned the family when Poe was just one, and his mother died one year later. So the young Edgar was sent to Richmond, Virginia to live with John Allen and his wife. Allen was a successful merchant, and even though they never officially adopted Edgar, they did add their name to his. Poe then enrolled at the University of Virginia to study ancient and modern languages. However, he didn't stay long. Edgar was arguing with John Allen. Poe claimed that Allen hadn't given him enough money to register, buy the necessary books, and find housing. Allen was reportedly upset over Edgar's numerous and still growing gambling debts. Allen eventually relented and sent along money, but that didn't go far enough to bring him current with his creditors, and, with his gambling problem continuing, Poe dropped out of school after one year. Feeling unwelcome in Richmond, partly because of the fights with John Allen, and partly because a girl he was in love with married another guy, Poe moved back to his hometown. In Boston, Poe started writing, publishing his first book, a 40-page collection of poetry titled Tamerlane. Poe didn't take credit for the work, with the title page declaring that the book was simply written by, quote, a Bostonian. Thrilled to be a published writer, Poe found that making a living off his writing was almost impossible, so he enlisted in the army. Poe served for two years, reaching the rank of sergeant major for the artillery. However, by this point, Poe was ready to move on and wanted to return to school, this time at West Point. After his discharge from the military, and while waiting to start at West Point, Poe moved in with his widowed aunt, Maria Clem, and her daughter, Virginia Eliza Clem, and Poe's older brother, Henry. It was at this point that something strange happened. Somebody actually liked Poe's writing. John Neal, a reviewer, praised Poe's work, which led Poe to dedicate a poem to Neal in his second book, Algaraf, Tamerlane, and Minor Poems, published in 1829. Poe had reconciled with John Allen, who had helped him to get him to West Point by supporting Poe, 
but then things quickly soured. First, Alan might have failed to mention to Edgar that his de facto stepmother was dying, so when Poe returned home to Richmond, he arrived the day after she had died. Poe was also upset that Alan was having multiple affairs and, reportedly, fathering children out of wedlock. After fighting about this, Alan wrote Poe off completely, refusing to support him ever again. So, Poe did the only thing he could do to get back at John Allen. He got himself court-martialed and thrown out of West Point. How did he do it? Legend has it that after a memo was circulated informing cadets that they were to appear at the next drill wearing a particular belt, Edgar showed up at the drill, wearing the belt, and nothing else. It's a fun story and a good Jeopardy question, but some research into the matter shows no record of anything of the type actually happening, and the court-martial likely resulted from the fact that Poe had stopped going to class, parade, roll calls, and chapel completely. On the plus side, Poe was writing almost daily, short poems and other humorous pieces about various teachers and cadets, so when he was readying to leave West Point, many of these cadets donated 75 cents each to Poe, which allowed him to publish his third book, simply titled Poems. They were probably a little surprised when the finished book turned out not to include the humorous poems, but instead a poem called The City and the Sea, which is kind of about a town ruled by the figure of death who, by the end of the poem, has decided to let the devil take over. Now free of his school obligation, Poe began editing a literary magazine in Richmond, bringing his young cousin Virginia with him. Now finding success as both an editor and as a writer, Poe began placing more and more stories and poems all over. On May 16, 1836, Poe married Virginia. They were first cousins. She was 13. Poe was 26. He probably had to have a few friends lie about Virginia's aides, claiming that she was actually 21. At this point, Poe had a habit of over-imbibing, and, at least once, he was fired for showing up to work drunk, but quickly rehired when he promised to change. In 1840, he announced his plans to start his own literary journal, to be called The Stylus. Poe was a great editor, and many of the publications he oversaw found their numbers rapidly increasing under his leadership. However, Edgar wanted more. He had tried to find a job in incoming President John Tyler's administration, but reportedly missed the meeting that would have made his appointment all but a done deal because he was drunk. Poe claimed he was sick. In 1842, Virginia showed the first signs of consumption, or tuberculosis, when a blood vessel in her throat burst while she was playing the piano and singing. Moving to the Bronx to help care for Virginia and continue writing, Poe published some of his best-known pieces at this point, including The Raven, The Telltale Heart, and The Black Cat. Virginia died of her illness five years later in January 1847. It was then that Poe's life really fell to pieces. His drinking increased, and he became more erratic. On October 3, 1849, Poe was found semi-conscious in Baltimore, delirious and wearing someone else's clothes. He died four days later, October 7, 1849. He was just 40 years old.
At the time, newspaper obituaries said it was congestion of the brain or cerebral inflammation, which were euphemisms for alcoholism. All of Poe's medical records were lost, including his death certificate. Some of the theories about Poe's actual death include heart disease, epilepsy, syphilis, cholera, carbon monoxide poisoning, and even rabies. Poe's biography was published shortly after his death, but unfortunately it was written by one of Poe's rivals, so it wasn't very accurate, and instead painted a portrait of Poe as an insane alcoholic drug addict. And if that wasn't bad enough, this rival, Rufus Wilmont Griswold, somehow was named the executor of Poe's estate. Partly because of the work of Griswold, and partly because of his actual work, Poe was often thought of as someone tortured and miserable, roaming the dark streets at night, scrawling out depraved and tragic stories and poems. And no matter how you envision the great writer, it's hard not to express a twinge of sympathy as Poe lay in the hospital, in pretty bad shape and delirious, as he cried out his final words, Lord, help my poor soul. Famous Last Words is a production of the Professional Production Company. It is written and narrated by Luke Poling. That's me. It is produced by Heidi Hequist and myself. Our assistant producer is Sabrina Thompson. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook under Famous Last Words Pod. And on our website, you can find full transcripts, credits, and much more, FamousLastWordsPod.com. Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. Welcome to Creepy Tapas, where we do the opposite of deep dives and bring you tiny tastes of terror connected by a common ingredient. True stories to haunt and chill you and the pop culture they inspired. Or at least the movies and books that remind us of them. Join us as we descend into darkness. Beginning with the lighter side of our weekly topic. And wrapping with a full dark, no stars account of terror, madness, murder, and more. It's Creepy Tapas, y'all. Creepy Tapas.